Christ, we thank you, O oh God, for your great goodness and mercies, O oh Jesus. We thank you, O oh God, for what you've done for us, Lord God, on Calvary, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, for allowing us to be here this evening, Lord, bringing us through this whole week, Lord God. Hear the testimonies, O oh God, the songs of praise, Lord, giving thanks unto you, feeling the anointing, O oh Lord God. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for your mighty power, Lord, and we thank you for your excellent greatness, Lord Jesus. We're asking you, Lord God, to remember, Lord God, those that are still sick and through infirmities and, and other things that are going on, Lord God, to touch their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, nothing's too hard for you, Lord. Lord, you are doing things. You are healing bodies. You are helping people, Lord God. Lord, we know, Lord God, there's nothing too hard for you, Lord. We can't do have it with our watch. We can't look at the calendar, Lord. We know you're working, Lord. We know you're working on our behalf, Lord. We will pray and pray in the name of Jesus, using your name, O oh God, that bodies would be healed, that souls would be saved, that people would be delivered, Lord. Shake your people, O oh God, this evening, Lord God. Speak to them and help them, O oh Lord God, to understand, Lord Jesus. Use these lips of clay, Lord God. O oh God, bless your people, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God. Let your word, O oh God, come forth, O oh God. Rest upon your people, O oh God. Deliver them, O oh God, in their hearts, O oh God, to obey you in all things. Let everyone say, thank you, Jesus. Clap your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Say, hallelujah. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. Give him the praise. He's worthy to be praised. 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 Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. 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 He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He is more than worthy. You may be seated. The Lord is worthy to be praised. The Lord is worthy to be praised. Can't say it enough. The Lord is worthy for what he has done for us and how he is keeping us. Giving highest honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank the Lord for allowing me to be in the building. I thank the Lord for the space that he has allowed me to be in the body of Christ. Giving honor to Bishop Geddes and Elder Geddes, um, Elder, Elder McKinney, Elder Black, Elder Robertson in his absence giving honor to Mother Geddes and all the mothers and wisdom saints and any visitors that we have amongst us today. I thank the Lord for my family. My wife, is um, she has some kind of plague going on, so she's not going to give it to you. She'll, she'll be home, so please keep her in, in prayer. And I thank the Lord that my daughter Catherine is here. So the Lord is good, yes? I know he is. I know he is. Do you know, saints, the things that are going on right now in the news and all this kind of stuff like that, there are people right now that lost a whole bunch of money and they're at a bar somewhere. And they're going to gonna wake up tomorrow morning and, and they're not going to feel any better. They're going to feel actually worse because it's compounded. But we came in to this building because, you know, it, you know, what's going on in the world right now, I was walking to my car on Wednesday and I was feeling kind of heavy in the morning. I was just, I couldn't, I just said, I'm not going to even listen to the news. There's nothing I can do about it except keep on praying because the Lord's going to work it all out. And then I just looked at the sky and I looked up and I said, well, it's not really sunny yet because it's just not, it's not early enough yet. But I kind of looked up and I said, you know what, things kind of feel different and things kind of look different. And I said, you know what? You could come today. The Lord could soon, to, he is soon to come. I said, all these things going on and all, it's all layers and things. It's not just one thing. It's just a layer of stuff. And I'm not going to get into that. But it's, it's, it, this is, this is, it's deep. But the bottom line is the Lord's in control of all this stuff. And the, Lord, and the bottom line is that what is it going to take people to come and, and to come into the church and say, you know something, I can see the signs. I can see something's going on. This is global. This isn't just in Connecticut or Rhode Island. This is global, and it's affecting everyone. I, I pray and hope that the people who have been baptized 15 years ago that know about the Lord would come. I, I would pray that the, the, those that are, are, are in their heart and right and want to get right with the Lord would come back and get right with the Lord. I would pray that all these places over here, knowing nothing's going on, but seeing the signs and knowing what the word of God says, they would come back. 
they would come to the Lord and really mean business. I'm talking about people that don't have the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about people that don't have baptism in Jesus' name, but they would come saying, tell me what's going on. Or I, 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 I want to be saved. That's, that's what my desire is. And I, I'm not looking for this whole thing with this fear to keep the crowds away. We need to be where we're at. So I thank the Lord for what he's doing. I thank the Lord for the opportunity he's giving us as a congregation, as a body of Christ, as a body of believers, to tell someone the truth. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 3. Lord is good. The Lord is going to give us a, a word here. I wanted to talk about the Holy Ghost. And the Lord brought me to this. And I, I have to go to this. So. Daniel chapter 3, verse 12. And there were certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee, nor served thy gods, nor worshipped the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do you not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready at that time, and hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, and ye fall down and worship the image which I have made, well, but if ye worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the fiery and into the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God who shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered this and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury, and the form of his visions was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, the furnace was exceeding hot. The flame of the the fire slew those men that took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said Shadrach Meshach and Abednego ye servants of the most high God come forth come hither and then Shadrach Meshach and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire And the princes and the governors and the captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men whose bodies the fire had no power, nor hair of their heads was singed, neither their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. And then turn with me to one other scripture, um, 1 Peter chapter 4. We'll read verses. 12 through 16. First Peter chapter 4. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice in so much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye shall be glad also with exceeding joy. But if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of the glory, 
the spirit of glory and the God rests upon you. On their part, evil is speaking of, is spoken of, but of your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a busybody body or in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let it not be, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his behalf. And I'd like to use for a thought this evening, obedience in the fire. Obedience in the fire. The story of the three Hebrew boys has, has been sung about. It has been preached about to the point that we know the story without even really looking at it. We, we know what happened. We, we, we know that there was a statue. We know that there was some music. We know that, that, um, that if you didn't um, bow down to when, when the music was played, that you were cast into the fiery furnace. And, 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 that's, and that's all we, we really kind of know. We summarize in our minds of what really happened here. Um, but if we think about what, what, what took place here, if you go back to chapter 1, of Daniel, it said in verse 20, it says, in all the matters of the wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and the astrologers that were in the realm. And Daniel continued even under the first year of the king Cyrus. These three men were, were set in in authority, these three men were ten times better than the astrologers and the musicians, uh, magicians um, that Nebuchadnezzar put in place. But it came down to that time went by when Nebuchadnezzar got crazier and he built this statue that was ninety feet high with an image. We don't know what it looked like, but you can only imagine uh, some of the images that came out of Babylon. What it kind of looked like. So it was ninety feet high and it was nine feet wide and it was probably nine feet square but they, when this image came up Nebuchadnezzar called everybody he called the governors he called every the judges the treasurers he called everyone to come and, and to to worship this image to worship this statue when the music was come to play this wasn't uh, an invitation that you were to decline this is an invitation that you had to attend and and what was there was other nations there was other people the people that were carried out of out of uh, Israel out of Judah they were there so they 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 knew they had the law but they forgot the law that's why they're in battle. Babylon. So now you have these, these three Hebrew boys at this point. When the music played, they wouldn't bow. They wouldn't bend. They wouldn't, they would not um, obey the king's command. And so you have these, these um, astrologers, basically. They noticed that the certain Jews in verse 12, it said, Whom thou settest over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not regarded thee, nor served thy gods, nor worshiped the golden image which thou hast set up. So basically, they just pulled the same thing they did with Daniel. There's the decree. They said, there's no prayer, and Daniel didn't say, I'm not going to change what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep on praying, and you found out where Daniel ended up. And so this has always been going on. It goes on in the workplace, but this is bigger than that because these, these men would not bow. They knew that it was life or death, and this is about obedience in the fire because are we going to give our lives to the Lord? We don't know what's going to happen in our society. We can, I can tell you, you can, you can hear the things that are going on in our society. You can hear the laws that they're trying to make up. There is a fringe of people that, are, that want to take this book and everything written in this book and call it hate speech. And see, once they do that, because you don't need, a, you don't need a, a, a populist vote to make that happen. You just need some strange people with strange ideas to, to change this whole thing. And it doesn't take a whole bunch of time for that to happen. And so right now you can feel the peer pressure and the pressures that we go through even talking about Jesus. People mock God. They make fun of God. They, they, yeah, they want to erase his name. They want to take away any kind of holiday with him. They, you, you can't have anything to do with God. It, it, it riles people. It makes them upset. And you can, don't forget, don't even talk about anything else. Talk about Ten Commandments and that makes them their blood boil because the enemy is involved the enemy is the devil is soon he is going to be soon to be thrown into a bottomless pit but he is down here trying to wear the saints out will you give up your salvation because of peer pressure so what really took place here they knew the word of god these three hebrew boys i can't speak for everybody else 
They, they knew the, the, the word of God, but they refused to bow. They, they were convicted about the word of God because they refused to bend. They obeyed the word of God, and they refused to kneel. And then they, they were obedient even if it cost their lives. This isn't some kind of thing like you see on TV and you commit a crime and all of a sudden you're in jail for five years and they forget all about you and then they still won't do what they're supposed to do as far as uh, putting a penalty on you. This was in the same hour you were going in the fire and the fire was already burning because it, whoever wasn't going to bow, they already had the fire all set up. And so they, they, they were, they, someone was going in that fire. Let's just put it that way. That fire wasn't burning for naught. That was the alternative. You worship that or you're in the fire and, and alive. And so no one wants to go through anything like that. They're in a foreign land and, and they're young. And they, why, why would you want to go through something like that? But there's something going on in here. It's not so much in the intellect. It's in the heart. It's in the heart. And, and, and what, what, what's in the heart of what they did is that Jesus said in Mark chapter 12, verse 29, said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and all thy strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Those two. But in the Ten Commandments, which Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taught, which memorized, which knew, it said, You shall have no other gods before me. Now, they're not in their country anymore. They can do whatever they want to do. I'm sure some people were eating pork. I'm sure some people were eating meat sacrificed to idols. I'm sure people were just doing whatever they want to do diet-wise because that's what they were doing. That's why they got swept out of there. But God had some people in there that were not going to budge. And it says in verse, in the second commandment, it says, you shall not make you, make you un, any graven image or likeness of anything that is in heaven above, that is in earth beneath, or that is in the water or under the earth. You shall not bow yourself to them nor serve them. For I am the Lord your God, and I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of your fathers upon the children in the third and fourth generations to them that hate me and showing mercy in thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. They were going to keep their commandments because they knew the word of God. They did not want to bow. They knew that this was exactly what, what, God, what Moses was talking about, and they weren't going to budge from this, and they were in a pickle at this point because right now you want to talk about your business being out there. You want to talk about a situation you didn't cause. All you did is that you heard the decree, and you said, I'm not going to do this. And I don't know if they did a huddle or anything like that. I don't think there's a time of saying, you know, are you in with me? Because at, at this point, it, I, and don't even ask me where Daniel was. You know, Daniel could have been somewhere else. But these three were picked out. And the Lord has us to a point that we are going to be singled out. We are going to be picked out. And, and they knew God's law and they loved God. Why do I say that? Because in front of everyone everyone they were going to suffer a very humiliating experience whether they went in the fire or whether they, after a while they said I'm good. we're just going to bow we're, we're just going to give up because I, we don't want to die they were now going to be singled out and made an example in front of everyone the princes the governors the judges the captains the treasurers the counselors the rulers of the providence and all the big wigs and all the most important people were watching what are they going to do what will you do? Because now you have to put yourself in their place. Imagine the people that are coming to towns and mayors or whoever it is, or congressmen or senators, all kinds of people. They want to see what you're going to do. What kind of decision are you going to make? Your employers, people on your job, what kind of decisions would, would you make? You're out there right now. Is this really what you believe? We don't have the tea. When this stuff happens, we're not in the church building. When we're in the church building, we are bold. We are, we, we, we and we should be, and we are confident in the Lord, and we can praise the Lord, and we can thank the Lord, and we can say Jesus, because that's where we're at right now. We're in the congregation where we can enjoy the Lord, but when we're out there, when we're in the school, when we're in the college, we're in the gym, you name it, when you're in your neighborhood, you're, you're wherever you go, and you're called out, what do you believe? When you're called out and, you're, and they ask you, is this really what you believe? All of a sudden, we shrink back. All of a sudden, we, we don't want to be singled out. Peer pressure is real. Peer pressure for adults is real. No one wants to feel ridiculed. No one wants to be laughed at. No one wants to be made fun of. But see, God is real. 
He's real. He's real. He's real in my soul. I can't allow somebody to tell me that God's not real. My, the hair in the back of my neck goes up and says, God is real. I don't even have enough wisdom to shut my mouth. I can just say God is real. And whoops, it's out there. Because you can't talk to me about God not being real, that God's not being good, that God is not sovereign, that God is in control of everything, that God knows what's going on around the world right now, and he knows everything that's going to happen. People want to hear that. And so all their family and their friends, their peers, you know, I'm sure there were people whispering, going, you know, you sure you want to do this? You sure you don't have to do this? You know, I'm sure there were family, friends, people that were concerned to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they were probably, you know, you, you know how people get. Their faces, you know, people's faces will make you shrink. People's faces will make you sad. People's faces will make you cower down, will give you lack of confidence. Even though you think you're up and ready for the fight, people will wear you down. They try to intimidate them. And he's in front of a king in another country, and he's telling you're going in the fire. You're going in the fire. What were these people doing? They were watching because they wanted to know what they would do. Would they obey the king or be burned? People love a good fire, don't they? And all of a sudden, you know, you're sleeping. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, and you've got a fire down the street, and you're sound asleep, but the, the sirens are there, and the ambulance is there, and people outside. And, you know, if, it, if, it, if it's a couple, down, a couple doors down from you, you have no, if you have good sense, you want to, one, know, is it my house? Two, what's happening? And three, I want to go see what's happening because I'm, I'm concerned because I'm a, I'm a neighbor in the yard. About 10 years ago when we first moved into our house, I heard in the middle of the night or almost like 1 o'clock in the morning, it was in a deep sleep. I mean a real like one of those ones you're, you're gone like forever. And all of a sudden I heard this humming sound. And it was a humming that I, I, uh, I, I've never heard anything quite like it to the point that it went through uh, a quarter mile of the area where, I, where we live. And it was humming and I said, well, what, what, what is that sound? And my wife goes, I think there's a fire. I said, well, why do you think there's a fire? She goes, well, look at the bright light. And so I looked out the back thing, and I, and I couldn't even look I, because of the, the light was so bright. And I saw people walking down the sidewalk. And so I got dressed. I said, what, what's going on? I said, first of all, I need to know what that sound is because I, I, didn't, it couldn't, I couldn't register because it was so loud. And what happened is that a live wire fell off and it went into the ground and it came up and it was as bright as the top of here, all white. And it was, it was just like the, like all the electricity from CLMP all in Connecticut was right in that spot. And it was a big hole there. So I said, I looked at that for a while. I said, well, that's not good. And I went back to bed. I went back. I said, I'm not going to do this. But you know, I looked back and I saw the whole neighborhood, people from down the street, it, you know, people are curious. They want to see what's going to happen. And so we're curious. The people around you are curious. Your peers around you are curious of what you will do, how you will stand for the Lord. We will do what we want to do, but do we have enough conviction in our heart and mind that we will obey God? Will we really do it to make him proud? He said, be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. No one wants to be ashamed. No one wants to be called out. No one wants to do that. No one really wants to go through that. Jesus, our Lord, he didn't want to go through that. But you know, it was obedience. In fifth chapter book of Hebrews, it says, though he were a son, yet he learned he obedience by the things which he suffered being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto them that obey him. That obey him. We have to obey him in the fire. We have to obey him when it's not comfortable. Obedience to the Lord unconditional is not comfortable for us as people, especially when it comes to other people calling you out. They are trying to make us look like we are extremists. You believe that? You believe you hate people and all this kind of stuff? Listen, we don't get into that. Let's talk about your life. I, anytime they say start trying to, try to you know, um, pile on God, I just talk about you. 
Let's talk about you. Let's talk about what, what's going on with you. And after a while, you get tears in their eyes. They won't bother you anymore, but you have to have a defensive weapon, which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And then you also need to have some wisdom when to say something, when not to. But you can, you can give someone a licking, even a big giant person. You can give them a licking with the word of God. You can touch them where they live. The Lord will give you a word and you can touch their heart. And all of a sudden you start talking about family and stuff like that. And some are loved one and things like that. And you'll see a tear come down. Everyone has a heart. God has given everyone a soul and emotion, but it's up to us not to discount them. But we're not going to, I'm not going to allow anyone to disrespect my God. I'm just not going to allow that to happen. So we, we, we can't allow that to happen. And these Hebrew boys, they, 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 they were not going to bow. They were being threatened. They were being called out. They were, they were being embarrassed. They, you, know, they, you know, if they were there in front, of the, in front of that king for half an hour, they were there, it felt like two hours. They were probably sweating. They were wondering, we're going in the fire because you know we know the God I we know we know the God what he did in Egypt he cleaned the clock in Egypt he we know what he did in times of Joshua we know the, the stories and the things that we've heard through the Midrash we heard these stories these writings of what this great God can do but we don't know if he's going to be with us but we know something which we're not going to do this we're not going to bow down to this image we're not going to do it we're not going to do it you know so so we're just going to have to go in and and you know but the bottom line is you know, if, 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 if we die and we perish, we perish, but we're not going in. And, you know, I guarantee there were people yelling. There were people screaming. There were people kind of mocking them. There were all kinds of peer pressure going on because, you know, they wanted to make them a human Q-tip. They wanted to wrap them up in all those clothes and the hosing and the feet and the hat and all that stuff and just put it, wrap all those clothes on there, and they're going to burn real good because that's why he did what he did. He Nebuchadnezzar was crazy. He was a crazy person. And he didn't get, he didn't get some lightweights. He didn't get a, a person weighing 180 pounds. He got mighty men, mighty soldiers. He got the best of the best. He got the Green Beret. He got the Navy SEALs. And, it, when he, and, you, and you can't throw someone in a, in a furnace. You need four people, one on each arm, one and two, two le- on each leg, and one, two, three. But you have to get closer to get them in the furnace. So you, they got burned up. And you know what? You know, you've heard what bodies smell like. So now you've got that going on. And so, you know, there was a lot going on. And there were people, I'm sure, scared and people knocking. And people that, that should not have bowed, they bowed because of fear. You know, the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. We cannot allow fear to make decisions that we ought not to and disobey God. We not, ought not to. The devil is trying in these last days to make us disobey God, his word. He's trying to destroy us to make it to, make it to heaven. He is a liar. He is trying to make himself bigger than what he really is. He's trying to use circumstances that he knows that will, that will cower down to. He's, so, he's just, just blowing himself up bigger and bigger. But the bottom line is that he's going down. He's going down. He's going down. The Lord is going to deal with him. And we don't need to have to worry. The Lord's got it. So we just not have to be ignorant of his devices. Through intimidation, through fear, through circumstances, working through people, because that's how he does. He worked through Nebuchadnezzar. He worked through those astrologers. He worked through those magicians to, to throw, as you would say, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego under the bus. They, they, they picked them out because, you know, what? They, they were higher than they were. And so now, now they're going to be a laughing stock. Now they're going to have to go into the fire. But are we, are we going to allow this? The Lord Jesus Christ purchased us with his precious blood, with the Holy Ghost he put inside our souls with fire. And he is setting a place up for us in heaven. That's where he doesn't want us to go. He got kicked out. And according to Revelation chapter 12, he got kicked out of heaven. There was war in heaven. His name wasn't Lucifer anymore. His name was the dragon, the tail, the devil. And the Bible says, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. And right now, the, the people in this earth are saying, woe. But what's going on is the devil is trying to scare people. He's causing fear. He's causing panic. He's causing mayhem. But we are the church of Jesus Christ. We are bought with a price. So we have an answer to tell people. 
You know what's going on? It's just the enemy. It's just the prince and power of the air trying to discourage people. But God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for your soul. You can be saved. The Lord hasn't come yet. You use it. You use your your vernacular according to scripture and salvation. Let the Lord be, let the Lord use you as a light in a very dark world, in a world that right now everyone's knees are knocking. Stock market's up, stock market's down, stock market's up. They don't know what's going on like a yo-yo. Money here, money there. It's all going to be gone eventually. Keep looking and reading the book of Revelation. Even the rich and the poor people. They, they, they knew that the Lord was coming during the tribulation. They hid themselves. But they still wouldn't repent. All those things that the Lord is going to do, people still wouldn't repent. But now is a great time if you're in the church to get align yourself and get yourself right with the Lord. Lord, I haven't been obeying you in this. Lord, I've kind of, I'm ashamed to bow my head while I pray for my food. Lord, I need to get myself so I'm not ashamed of you. Lord, I want to be able to stand tall. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow after me. And what else does it say? What else does it say? It also says that. It says, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Lose your life for Jesus. Lose your life. You don't have the Holy Ghost yet? The Bible says... He gives the Holy Ghost to those who obey him. This is about obedience. It rubs people the wrong way. But if you want the blessings from God, you have to obey him. And for what shall a man have advantage? What, what, is a man, what, is, what is a man advantage? That if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. But this is the part I'm trying to get to. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and his Father and the holy angels. And in the other scripture in the book of Mark, it says that, that he's going to be ashamed of us because we're ashamed of him. How can we be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ? I didn't say be ashamed of Easter. I didn't say be ashamed of the Easter bunny. I didn't say be ashamed of the manger, of the, of the baby in the manger. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the God that saved us, the God that we believe, the God of the Bible. We can't be ashamed of him because the Lord can't use us if we can't tell people about him. We can't allow the spirit of fear to try to stifle us and not, and, and not causing us to bend and to bow and to kneel. We can't kneel before these people. These people, they don't know God. They're enemies of God. They don't know that they're enemies of God, but they are. And what we have to understand something is that we have a job to do. And we have a job to turn them to, from darkness to light. And we need to tell them there are people that are sick. There are people that are, are, are in hopeless situations. They're going through addictions and things like that. And don't you think when things like this happen, it just gives them a more of a license to drink more. But you know something? Right now, the Lord snatched us out of the world so he could save us from the slot machine. So he could save us from today's Friday the 13th. Some people didn't go to work today. Some people didn't want to go over the crack of the broke their mother's back. They didn't want to go. It's Friday the 13th. What? Oh, I can't go on the elevator. You're superstition. You have all kinds of people. Fear, horoscopes, all kinds of stuff. It's all in their mind. It's all fears all wrapped up. We have an option. What we want to do? Don't we want to help people? Don't we want to save people? Don't we want to tell people about the Lord? We can't do it all on our own. Don't worry about when they're going to receive the Holy Ghost. Don't worry about when they're going to be baptized. Just tell them. Tell them. Tell them. The Lord will allow you to befriend them so that you can hook up with them, so you can give them some more information. Let them know, hey, this is a big thing for people. They like this. I'm praying for you. They look at you strange. What? I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. They have nothing to say. They have nothing to say. One person said that to me in 2018. She goes, I really don't believe in God. Well, I said, well, I'm praying for you. And all of a sudden, about four months later, her husband came down with cancer. I said, I'm praying for you. She said, thank you so much. We, they don't know what the Lord and things and life, we don't know. We don't know how the Lord is going to use us. So don't, don't, don't put gum and, 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 and caulk and, and that Gorilla Glue stuff in your mouth. Open your mouth. Have the, Lord, have the Lord give you some wisdom so you don't have to be in the front of the lunchroom and you know that they're going to, they're going to attack you. Take the person one-on-one. -on -one. 
Befriend that person. There are times and places that if you want to talk to someone, the Lord will give you that window. He will allow you to be able to talk to them about salvation. In the Amplified Version of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Beloved, be not surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you. That is to test the quality of your faith. As though some strange or unusual things were happening to you. It's not, a, it's not your imagination all of a sudden. You're being blindsided and you feel like the weight of the world and, and you feel that and the devil will tell you God's against you. But, you, but you're doing everything that you, that you know to do. And all of a sudden these things are coming upon you. It's not because of you. It's to get you on your knees and then stand up and praise the Lord during this time, to worship the Lord during this time, to worship the Lord and say, I thank you because I know you're with me. I, we, I know that this is an onslaught of Satan. It's a fiery trial. It's a fiery trial. And it says, as a strum, some strange thing or unusual thing were happening to you, but insofar as you, were, you are sharing Christ's sufferings, Keep on rejoicing so that when ye, when his glory filled with the radiance and splendor is revealed, you may rejoice with great joy. You are not, you are insulted and reviled for bearing the name of Christ. Let's just face it. My, my daughter and I, we went to, to uh, get coffee last Sunday morning and Catherine was, was in, the, in, in, the, in the place and she had her dress on and she had her head covering and I had my suit on and when, and when we were walking out, we, I just heard giggling, I heard laughing and I knew what that was all about. But you know, so I'm not ashamed of, 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 of going to church. I'm not ashamed of looking like a Christian. My daughter's not ashamed to talk to people about the Lord. It's their loss, but you know, I'm going to come in contact with someone sometime to let them know about the Lord. It's just a matter of time. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to be hurt or wounded. Your feelings are too shallow if you're worried about what people think. People can't put you in heaven or hell. They, they, they can't do anything against you. People are just their voices and they don't know what they're talking about. They lack wisdom and they are being used by the enemy. And you are blessed and happy with a life a life, joy, and comfort in God's salvation, regardless of the circumstances, because the spirit of glory of God is resting on you and indwelling in you, in whom they curse only glorify. They think they're cursing God, and they think they're, they're going against you, but the Lord, the Lord is taking care of this. This is for your, this is for your joy. This is for your uh, to feel better. This is going to be for your betterment. These, these trials, all this stuff that's going on. This peer pressure is very real. It's trying to, trying to please people is impossible. Lowering the bar of your conviction, what you believe, is a systematic attack of the enemy. Seeing if you will bow, bend, or kneel. You can't please people. You will never please people. You can never do it. People cannot be pleased. Think about yourself. Are you, can you really be pleased? You can be satisfied in Jesus, but you cannot please people. You can take a room and, uh, and put 10 people at a table and give everyone a $100 bill and someone's going to complain. You could give them a million dollars and someone's going to complain. People are fickle. People, are, they are off. And the bottom line is that we cannot not, not bow down to people. We don't bow down to our supervisors. We don't bow down to people. I'm not talking about disobedience. I'm talking about we don't bow down to how they think about us. We don't know what they think. They wish that they were washed because they are struggling right now with all kinds of sin. They don't know the Lord. But don't let people drive an opinion what they think when you don't know what they think. You can't get in someone's head. They want to come and talk to you. They're afraid that you may come talk to them. That's why they're kind of off. That's why they're, they're, they're staying away because if you go talk to them, you're going to talk to them about salvation. They know that you're a Christian. They know there's something about you. But the best thing to do is approach them and let them know, this is what I believe. By the way, do you believe in the Lord? You use your own opener of how you get that conversation going. 
But don't let people drive an opinion that you have to, you have to cower down and hide your salvation and take your, your candle and your light and put a bucket over that. And then, you, and then we don't have anything to say. Oh, and all of a sudden we start drawing back and of what, how we look and how we carry ourselves. And, and then all of a sudden there's a dirty joke going around through email or there's a conversation going on and we don't want to feel left out. So we just stay in there and we, we want to just smile anyways. No. Just walk away and just say, I'm sorry. You know, I don't have to say too much. I don't have to say that much at all. I just have to have the right behavior and be very consistent. And people know not to swear in my face. You know, my boss said to me years and years ago, he said to me, you know, he was in front of another market manager and they were handing off my file to them because he was going away. And he looked over at me. And this is not because of me. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, you know something? I've never heard him swear. And I didn't know he noticed, but every time he started, out, and he was from the south, so every time he came out with something or four letter, I just kind of, I just, you lost me. You, lost, you were doing good, and you lost me. And so, you know, after a while, they, they'll respect you, but they, 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 they pay attention to the words we use. They pay attention to how we dress. They pay attention to how we treat one another. You know, some places and workplaces are toxic. People are, they're getting clicks, but we have no right treating people uh, in one way or another for respect to person. We have no right doing that because we don't know if that's the person the Lord's going to have you use. So say hello to everyone. Be nice to everyone. Talk to everyone. But don't bend, don't bow, and don't kneel. This God is so big, he'll hold you up. These, these brothers went into the fire. They went into the furnace. They went in that furnace. Therefore, because of the king's commandment was urgent, the furnace was exceeding hot. The flame of fire slew those men. It took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Touch not my anointed. That's the only thing I think of. When you start touching God's people, God's servants, and you start doing them wrong, you're, you're going to get it right then and there, or you might get it later on, but you're going to get it. You, do you look at the story with David? That, that man cursed David, threw rocks at David, stuff like that, and when David went on to the side of his bed, he told Solomon, listen, I want you to take care of Joab, and I want you to go take care of that other brother, Shumai. I want you to go get him. You can take care of him. By the way, and you know what? And the Lord gave Solomon such wisdom. He said, I'm going to let you build a house. But you can't leave. You can't leave. And see, the Lord knew. And, and, and the Lord gave Solomon some wisdom. But the Lord will take care of business. You don't have to worry about righting wrongs. You don't have to worry about trying to get even with someone. If someone did you wrong, you, it's not in your court. If you have forgiven them and you brought it before people and you've done this and that, leave it alone. You can't change people. God can change people. You can't change people. We can't change people. The Lord can. You did everything you're supposed to do, leave it in the hands of the Lord. I've had people come up, disrespect me, all kinds of stuff, call the police on me, all kinds of stuff at a workplace because I was talking about the Lord, taunting me, telling me about holy water and, and just, just being totally crazy. This is when I first came into church, but I, I talked to everyone about the Lord, but he, he got everything all stirred up and the Lord took care of it. But you know, he came back on the Berlin Turnpike. I was, I was in the thing about 10 years later, he came and he apologized. He apologized. And this man came to church. He came to church, but he went off. Because the devil gets in people. Because, you know, the more you talk about Jesus, the more the anger of the enemy tries to stir things up. And that's all he's trying to do right now. If you've got trouble in your life and you're talking about the Lord, keep on talking about the Lord. That's just a fiery trial trying to try you. But you know what? You have the Lord Jesus Christ. He's got your back. These signs will follow them that believe. They're going to come after you start talking about the Lord. They're going to happen when they come into the church. They're going to come when they ask for prayer. You don't know how the Lord's going to do it. Don't try to figure God out. Just do what he says. Be obedient in the fire. And these three men, Shadrach and Meshach, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered and said, King, the, the king, true, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth was like the Son of God. You know, Nebuchadnezzar got a lot of warnings. It's too bad his son didn't remember some of the things that went in there when he took all those things out in, in the banqueting, when that handwriting came on the wall. His son paid no attention what Nebuchadnezzar went through. And if you go into the next two chapters, Nebuchadnezzar was, was like a beast on all fours for seven years with bird clothes 
claws and feathers and he was lost his mind because God warned him. But you know something? God will send a warning after a warning after a warning for some people. We cannot take the grace of God for granted. We don't know when our time is. So if the Lord is speaking to you, don't bow, don't bend and don't kneel before these people out here. I would call them Gentiles, but I'm a Gentile. But they act just like the old time people that don't know God. And then Nebuchadnezzar came near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said unto Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth, come thither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. They were in the fire. And then princes and the governors and the captains, all the people that were ridiculing, all the people that they were embarrassed from, all the people that were around them, all the peer pressure, all those people were around them in verse 27. Being gathered together saw these men. God's going to have a witness. Why don't you be the witness? God's got it. He's going to use a witness. He's going to use somebody. Why not you? Why not you? And upon those bodies, the fire had no power, nor their hair was, and their head was singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. God has a way of preserving you. God has a way of preserving the trials and things you're going through, the intimidation your family's giving you, the intimidation of telling you they're not ever coming. You don't know. They don't know what's going to happen. God can change someone overnight. God can give someone a dream. God gave Joseph a dream and said, you know what? Mary, Mary. And guess what he did? He, he, he married Mary. He took the heed and the warning. But God can change someone's heart. He was going to put her away, but God gave her a dream. Pray for people. You know, the Lord can visit someone in a dream and scare the daylights out of them. Or he could just show up and just say, I love you. Give your life to me. We don't know how that's going to happen. We don't know what the Lord's going to do. But the Lord can do anything. But we have to pray for people and care for people. And, and, and with God, nothing is impossible. And then Nebuchadnezzar spake and, and said, blessed be God. Now, blessed be God of the God of, of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But before he was God, he had the power. All of a sudden, this all changed up, didn't it? Didn't it all just change up? Because the Lord has a way of changing things. The things you're going through right now are not going to be forever. They're just not going to go. You're going through some time right now. But the Lord is going to work it out. He's going to fix it. He's going to fix things. He's going to make you stronger. But you've got to praise him. You've got to pray. And you've got to stay in there. And you have to fight. And Abednego, who had sent his angel and delivered the servants that trusted in him and had changed the king's word. It changed the king's word. There was a law. There was a decree. There was a law that was said. It was proclaimed that if you didn't bow down to this when the music played, you're going in the fire. But the law was changed. He was changed. God can change things. He changed the heart of a king. Nebuchadnezzar thought he was that. All he was was flesh and blood with breath in his nostrils. And he changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any other god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree. Nebuchadnezzar is talking again. He found his mind for a moment that every people and nation and language would speak anything amiss against this against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. There is no other God like our God. There's no other God like our God. We don't need to bend, bow, and kneel. There's no other God like our God. Put him to test. Put him to test. See if he won't do it. If you want the Holy Ghost, see if he won't do it. Call on the Lord until he fills you with the Holy Ghost. His word will not return to him void. You call on the Lord, and after a while, you're going to, you're going to get in touch with the Lord. And that Jesus, 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 you're saying, is going to get fumble-bumbled around, and you're really going to kind of get in touch with the Lord. But you have to get out of yourself. Forget about other people. Forget about peer pressure. Forget about what they're going to think after you receive the Holy Ghost. You're already 10 years down the road, a year down the road. What happens when I come back from school and I receive the Holy Ghost? How are they going to treat me? What happens when I go on my job and I receive the Holy Ghost? How are they going to treat me? I'm going to have to give up this and that and this and that. But it's worth it. Because this Holy Ghost, the Lord wants to go inside. He wants, you to, he wants to live inside you. He wants to take that burden off you so you can enjoy him. Don't try to outthink God. Just obey him. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How do you do that? You have to call on him believing. And the Bible says, what does it say? God gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey. They obey. 
The obedience is in the fire. Your obedience is in the fire. This society is trying to make people uncomfortable. That's the devil's job. Our job is to be a light. We have the Holy Ghost. All you have to do is say, the Lord rebuke you. Not out loud, you can pray. The Lord rebuke you. Go into your closet. Go into your closet before you go to work. Pray. Really mean prayer. Ask the Lord what he wants. Ask the Lord to do something for you. Ask the Lord to work a miracle. And yes, the enemy is going to try to discourage you. He's going to try to raise up his ugly head. But we have the power of the blood of Jesus Christ to thwart the devil. He doesn't want to mess with us. He just wants to mess with people around you to discourage you. It's a game. It's a game. But the bottom line is, like I said, he's trying to make himself bigger than what he is. But he it cannot be in all places at the same time. That he, is, he knows he has a short time. He can see what's going on. You know, we don't even know if he still has audience with the Lord like he did before in Job. We don't know what's going on in the heavenlies. We don't know. But we know what, what the Lord said. He, said. he said that if we be faithful unto death, he'll give us the crown of life. He just wants us to be faithful unto death. If you messed up, come back and get it right. Pick it up and go again. Pick up your cross and pick it up again. What do you think? You're not the only person that made a mistake, that came up short, that you let the Lord down. Who wants to wound the heart of the Lord? I don't want to wound the heart of the Lord. I want to get things right so I can have fellowship with him. So that when he does blow, when the trumpet does blow, that that I am a part of that. And all this stuff down here is going to, that's it. You ain't going to be thinking down here anymore. You know, people might be going through your house, rumbling, rumbling, going through your stuff, trying this and that. On the, they, can, they can have everything, they, whatever you need, whatever you need, I'll gas the car up for you. If I know the Lord's coming, I'll just gas it up, put the car key right in there. Here you go. It's your car. It's your insurance. You pay for it. It's yours. Saints, the Lord is soon to come. He wants us to be obedient in the fire. Don't shrink back. Please stand. Don't shrink back. What does the Lord want? He just wants us to obey him. Those ten commandments, they are all part of the two commandments. The first four pertain to God. The last six pertain to one another. So we're not off the hook that we don't have to obey the ten commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thy neighbor's wife, thy neighbor's things. Right? Children, obey your parents. Why? Because your life will be what? long upon the earth. Why are there so many young people that have passed away because of suicide, things like that? Because they've gone away. They've gone away from their parents. They were raised in areas where things where there was no constraints or guardrails. We don't have to follow what the world's statistics are doing. We just have to obey what God wants us to do. Be obedient unto the Lord from the heart, not from the intellect, but from the heart. Because will you... Will you throw down your life if someone said that we are going to, we don't know what's going to happen down here, but would you give your life? Peter knew he was going to give his life. The apostle Paul knew he was going to give his life. Stephen, all he was doing was preaching a good message, and there was a, there was a stone pile. But you know what? He gave his life. And you know, the Lord's done so much for us. We are we are everything for him. Everything that he, that he expects from us, everything that we do for him, we, he should get the glory, not save our own lives. He should get the glory and enjoy the Lord. Enjoy the Lord by worshiping him. Enjoy the Lord by praising him and giving him thanks for everything because he can fix the things that you're going through right now. As he did with Nebuchadnezzar, he can fix it. He can fix it. That chapter, it started one way and it ended another. And you know, there were people that died that day, but it wasn't Hadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They didn't, they didn't lose their life because they were obedient in the fire. Pray for me in Jesus' name.